WrestleMania week, and we have a lot to get to here on the Winkly today. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined as I am pretty much every Tuesday by our good friend, Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. It's WrestleMania week, baby. I mean, we got to get pumped, dude. We, we had a main event last mm-hmm. night of Baron Corbin and Rey Mysterio to mm-hmm. send us on into the week for WrestleMania, biggest show of the year. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I was doing the jock jams in the background because, like, that's how I feel right now. I feel like we got to throw the jock jams on and get it going here. That's how you know a legitimate sporting contest of note is taking place when the jock jams soundtrack is playing in the background. The jock jams. What is this, 1995? What are we doing here? Coolio, baby. Coolio. All right. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the Winkly. We have a ton to get to here today. Uh, but right off the top, I want to say a couple things to start the show. Uh, first of all, I want to send out our best to WWE Hall of Famer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He is at home right now uh, recovering from heart surgery. Uh, Hacksaw is a great guy, uh, wonderful, wonderful man, and obviously has had a great career. I'm happy to hear that he is on the mend back home. Uh, we're sending our best out to you, Jim. Uh, we also want to send out our best to uh, Terry Funk. Unfortunately, over the weekend, uh, Terry lost his wife, Vicky, And uh, it's very tragic to hear Terry Funk is another one of those guys who's just notoriously a wonderful man in the business of professional wrestling. And uh, we wanted you to know here at the top of the show, Terry, uh, we are thinking about you as well. Uh, and on that, let's get back uh, to the Winkly, the show of the moment. Guys, uh, this is this show has grown. I've really enjoyed watching the numbers grow. All of the people that are now using the hashtag Winkly, we finally got into the mailbag last week. And because of that, we're starting, to, we're starting to bring some people to the table here. They want us to talk about them on the show. And Michael, I could not be more happy to get to, to start the show plugging RSV LTS. Uh, they have partnered with WWE for their latest Cult Collector shirt series. Now... Are you familiar with these shirts, Michael? I, I am not. Explain, explain to me, please. Oh my God, these shirts—they are—they are short-sleeved. They are these button-down shirts, and they've got the like almost Hawaiian shirt-styled design on them. But instead mm. of like birds and flowers and stuff, it's your favorite pro wrestlers. This and- is amazing. Can I have one of? I need one of these. Where can I get it, <clears throat> Michael? Tell me I, more. I'm not kidding. Off the air, I'm gonna—I will put you in touch with them, and I'm gonna get you some of these shirts because I—I yes. I already have some, Michael. These shirts are Macho Man Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, and then my favorite shirt that I now have in my collection, and I will be rocking WrestleMania weekend, the Undertaker-Paul Bearer combo shirt. Um, They're beautiful. I put them on. My girlfriend got uh, a couple. They sent a couple for her to wear as well, so we can model these on social media here later today. A very lightweight, breathable, comfortable, wonderful material. They're 65 bucks a shirt, but get this. If you go over right now to rsvlts.com and you go into their Colt Collector Series, you find their shirts, you place your order, you use the promo code Wrestling Inc., you get 20% off that shirt. Boom. Gone. That's over $10 off the shirt. Boom. Gone. Out the door. And uh, I'm not kidding, Michael. They sent me – I have three of these shirts. I've got the uh, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, and Undertaker Paul Bearer shirt. These are my new favorite shirts. I'm going to wear these. These all. are amazing. I'm looking at them right now on the website. Honest to goodness, I've not seen them before <laughs> this very second. That Steve Austin one. Look at that. I know. That is a little slice of heaven. Right I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get, I don't want to get Lana levels of salty here. But uh, when they, <laughs> when they sent me the shirts, I was like, I'm like, oh my god. And then I'm looking for the Steve Austin. The only shirt, the only shirt they didn't send me or my girlfriend a size of was the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. So I guess maybe I'll have to use the promo code to get that one. But I've got the rest. Mm. This is my new wardrobe. This is my. This is how great this slide is. Product details, care, machine wash cold, parentheses, in water, not beers. Yes. 
Oh, oh, I love these shirts. I love these people. Oh. They're wonderful. I really highly encourage you. Go order the shirts. See if you can get it overnight. Wear them to WrestleMania. You, I'm going to be wearing them uh, to WrestleMania. I'm going to look cool as hell. So uh, my style, baby. I'm there. Look at this. Uh, also, on the note of shirts, of course, we've got new shirts here. Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, the Wrestling Ink Store. Go get the Jack Journalist shirt. It's a short sleeve black T-shirt with our brightly colored Jack Journalist mascot there. Uh, very cool. I got some of those yesterday as well. So this is going to be a big shirt modeling day for me. I'm going to be modeling these new button downs from RSVLTS, and I'm going to be modeling our new Wrestling Ink shirts as well. So I'm going to have those on social media. And... Um, Little known fact, Jack Journalist modeled after my body size. So. Yes, the Jack Journalist is modeled after <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if I'm you, way bigger than that. What do you know? Now, here's the thing. If you're, if you're like, man, I'm interested in checking out this shirt as well. I want to support Wrestling Inc. Uh, starting tomorrow until Monday, all weekend of WrestleMania, if you go to Pro Wrestling Tees, you order the shirt, use the promo code MANIA, you get 20% off your shirt there. And that's really every shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees. So there it is. There's our shirts at the top of the show. Go support them. Go get your go get your fashion on. These are all great wrestling shirts. But today on the Winkly, man, here let's get to some Winkly news. Today on the Winkly, we got two big names in the world of Ring of Honor to start uh, on the show later. First of all, we're gonna have the interv- uh, we're gonna have an interview with ROH founder and current ROH ambassador Carrie Silken. I always love talking to Carrie. I know you guys are gonna like this interview a lot. And then right after that, our good friend Scott Fishman is back with a brand new interview. He chatted with ROH COO Joe Coff, who really took the reins of ROH after Carrie Silken passed them off to him when Sinclair uh, bought ROH. Couldn't be happier to have these two right next to each other to start the week off, especially with the G1 uh, Supercard this uh, this uh, Saturday night. So I know you guys will love it. So look forward to that. And on the and I've got some more Winkley news here. More Winkley news. This Friday we are going to be debuting a new Friday Winkley. I know this is something I've been talking about. I know some of you guys have written us about it, and we're going to be doing it a, a little bit differently. Now, we have partnered with a brand new app called Ringside Wrestling. Ringside Wrestling, that's the app. It is available on iTunes, on Android, uh, in your app store. Go find it. Download it. It's free. And, and what it is, is it's, it's kind of like if ESPN was dedicated to pro wrestling in, in your pocket. And you can pull out the app, and you can open your own little hang time area with your friends. You can talk to friends while you watch wrestling content that is produced for wrestling fans. And so they reached out to us. It'll be me and Raj Geary, the owner, founder of Wrestling Inc., every Friday talking for, for 20 minutes or so. We may also include some interviews. Uh, this Friday is our debut episode over on Ringside Wrestling, the app. you got to download it to be able to watch it. And Raj and I are going to be giving the official Wrestling Inc., WrestleMania 35 preview and prediction shows uh, show this Friday on the app, just on the eve of WrestleMania. Uh, couldn't be happier to work, be working with Ringside Wrestling. This app is, uh, right now it's us, Wrestling Inc., but you can also find Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. They're hosting shows over on this thing, and they even created a cartoon mascot for Ringside Wrestling called Hangtime Frank. A cartoon mascot, Michael. That really was a <laughs> selling point for me. I've never... Clippy? Is it, is it like Clippy? Do we have Clippy back? No, nah, dude. This is a real cartoon character, and he's like talking about wrestling, and he's like a relatable wrestling fan. I love it. You know? It's just like Clippy. Yep. Got it. Done. So uh, it's obviously been a busy weekend for me behind the curtains with all of the things I'm having to plug and promote here before we actually get to the news. And lastly, here on a personal note, I just wanted to say I'm going to be emceeing Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler's Slobberknocker Sessions uh, this coming Saturday, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, noon. Uh, I will actually be doing a little bit of comedy to warm the crowd up this uh, this Saturday for JR <laughs> and Lawler on the stage. Good and, morning. <laughs> and uh, I'm preparing my jokes. I'm preparing my routine. 
Um, and I'm taking this very seriously because I'm told this, in all seriousness, this may be the last time you ever see Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler on a stage together. And wow. so if you were a child of the 90s, of course, Jim Ross is publicly saying how he's in talks with AEW. Jerry is re-signed with WWE, so who knows? Um, uh, but this is it. This is the big one. Come on out. Tickets are only 35 bucks. You can get them at Gotham Comedy Club. Man, a lot of stuff here at the top, Michael. It's WrestleMania week. Wow. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. You ready to talk some news? Let's do it, baby. All right. I know you are interested to talk about this one. Uh, did you Did you happen to catch last week tonight with John Oliver on Sunday <laughs> night, Michael? How could you miss it? Especially after the, the buzz that happened yesterday, and it kind of was all over the interwebs as such. Man, that was, listen, John Oliver does fantastic work. And what I love about John Oliver is he's taken that style that guys like Colbert and Stewart and, and guys from the last 10, 15 years kind of put out there. And John Oliver has taken it to the next level with the way he mixes just really great in-depth journalism with fun and humor and comedy. But that segment he did Sunday night, uh, kind of attacking Vince McMahon particularly, but WWE was straight fire, I thought. Yeah, uh, bringing new uh, definition to news you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. Because, man, yeah, this was... This was like it felt it felt like a a bit of an attack. I don't want to say attack because he tried to soften it throughout by reminding everyone I like wrestling. Wrestling is fun. Wrestling is cool. But this man is a monster here. Correct. That's that's how it pretty much came across. Well, to me. I think that's what was, was was interesting about it because so often the media has in the past. It's not quite as frequent now that pro wrestling kind of occupies a space in pop culture like it does. But especially you go back 15 years ago, the media did attack wrestling in a very derogatory way. Oh, pro wrestling, that kind of lowbrow entertainment. And I, I really appreciate here. Oliver went out of his way to talk about how entertaining professional wrestling can be. And yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of poking fun at it, but he did emphasize it's great, great, great fun. And I'm glad he did that because I think it even strengthened and bolstered what he is trying to do here in attacking particularly Vince McMahon is to kind of prop up the business as a whole and make it better. Now, uh, for those of you that haven't caught it yet, um, this really, they, they did about a 20 minute piece on the show that took a look at WWE, largely in how they classify their wrestlers as independent contractors and not employees, which really kind of led to the bigger argument of how WWE treats their performers only early, uh, overall. Uh, it was noted how a lot of pro wrestlers die very early compared to pretty much every industry in existence, including the NFL, which is shocking. Um, and John Oliver's response to this, well, uh, not only that, but he also he pulled a lot from the art of wrestling appearance with, with CM Punk, um, which I covered in the courtroom, and you can find all kinds of stuff about all the, the stuff that Punk said on the art of wrestling about the merits of WWE's uh, health program from his perspective. But in response to this, John Oliver said, you know, the the one group of people that does seem to be able to sway Vince's opinion uh, and the opinion of the WWE is the voice of the fans. And they, they you know, show people reacting to Roman Reigns. They probably should have done Daniel Bryan because there was actual change in that situation, but debate for another day. Um, but he encouraged fans to go to WrestleMania, let their voices be heard in, in the form of chants and posters. How likely do you think that is to happen? It, the fans are not going to influence this one way or the other. If a fan shows up with some kind of pro John Oliver or pro unionization or pro healthcare, whatever sign on Sunday, WWE is going to confiscate it. And he, he made this comment on the show. And I think he, he kind of missed the mark here. He said, you know, you got to give live audience chance. WWE has found ways to pipe in and out live audience noise. They've been doing that off and on for years when the chants get too loud or the cursing or whatever else. So I, I don't think that's going to make an impact. I think it's interesting here, Nick, that 
WWE took the time to respond. So a couple of things. John Oliver had a great site. you got to go back and watch the whole thing. He, he, he had these great clips from back in the day, highlighted how at different times Vince McMahon has kind of been really a jackass to certain members of the media as he's been interviewed over the years. The clip of him flipping the papers was, was really great. But the thing I didn't like was too often I felt like he dug into stuff from 15, 20 years ago. And it's still relevant, right? But WWE has changed a lot, especially since Benoit's death and especially in the last decade. So take that as you will. And I think you're right. He leaned a lot into the Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana. And again, that's one person's perspective here. But he did attack the bigger issues here, right? These guys cannot work elsewhere. And, and they possibly do deserve some kind of health care compensation since, since they are working this many days per year for one employer, right? But I think it's interesting. Out of all of that, WWE did take the time to respond, right? Yeah. He, he attacked WWE last year over the Khashoggi this, stuff, over over their dealings in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I don't remember them saying much of anything, and their company line back then was, <laughs> we're going to do the show, period, the end. Well, and they actually responded in this case. Well, in, in the case of the Saudi thing, they were already they were already making public statements, just public, I mean, in regards to their decision sure. to go. I mean, I, I believe it was even brought up in one of the stockholder uh, meetings and something like that. Um, no, but this was this was clearly you know an attack from John Oliver. This was a response here from WWE. Uh, here is WWE's response. John Oliver is clearly a clever and humorous entertainer. However, the subject matter covered in his WWE segment is no laughing matter. Prior to airing, WWE responded to his producers refuting every point in his one-sided presentation. John Oliver simply ignored the facts. The health mm. and wellness of our performers is the single most important aspect of our business, and we have a comprehensive, long-standing talent wellness program. We invite John Oliver to attend WrestleMania this Sunday mm. to learn more about our company. Period. <laughs> Come help us promote our show, and then you'll feel better, right? That's what they basically said here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little, I was a little surprised how defensive that statement was. I mean, it felt like, I mean, it felt like a full block and tackle there of what John Oliver talk, was talking about. And I think it seems a little short sighted to not acknowledge, you know, some of what he discussed and say we've point by point here tried to to rectify some of these things. I mean, to simply say. Every single thing he said is wrong. It is one-sided. I, I think it's too broad and, and bold of a statement. Well, well, this feels like a little bit of a Jedi mind trick from WWE, right? Like, oh, oh we, we had already responded and refuted all that, so ignore it. He, he was very funny here. Ha, 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 hilarious. But we already refuted all that, so just ignore all of that. John Oliver, come join us on Sunday. We're all good, right? It feels like this very subliminal way of making us fans think, oh, it's all in good-natured fun, and none of this stuff is to be taken seriously. But to my knowledge, they have not publicly released how they refuted all of these statements. And while they said he is wrong, they have not publicly disproven anything that he exactly. brought up exactly. on Sunday. I feel like they could have made a much stronger rebuke by going point by point and proving where he was wrong. To just kind of paint it with a broad brush and say, this guy's a liar, it's all one-sided, he ignored the facts. Uh, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really come across as sympathetic to the discussion being had here where they say in the opening statement, it's no laughing matter. Um, I know we got a lot to get to here today, so I don't want to dwell the whole show on the John Oliver thing, but I couldn't help but think that, you know, in the piece he talks about how WWE largely has a monopoly. I almost thought he was going to bring up AEW about how there's another company coming in to try to m maybe provide a better environment for, for pro wrestlers right now or, or are trying to provide a better environment for pro wrestlers. I see this as, a, as an opportunity for AEW right now to make the statement that wrestling fans wanted them to say from the get-go about pro wrestlers, 
I was at the, the official launch in Jacksonville. I asked the question to Tony Khan, are you going to provide health insurance to your wrestlers? And uh, it got asked again to Cody, and both of them gave kind of a little wishy-washy, conflicting answers about how people that are full-time or at the top, of course, they're going to be assured health insurance, but it doesn't make sense to give everybody health insurance and those kinds of benefits. I think that it's time for them to step up and really make it clear that they are the alternative. They see how the business is progressing, and they want to be ahead of the curve. I think they should, and I think it would be good for their bottom line. I absolutely agree, too. And let's not lose sight of the fact here that WWE, really the segment targeted WWE, yes, but also particularly Vince McMahon. A man many think is kind of, maybe not immediately, but in, in the near few years on his way out, transitioning away. So I also think this does open up the door for WWE, whoever does eventually succeed him, right? Triple H and Stephanie, whoever that might be. Triple H would be a great one here. His focus on the wrestlers themselves and the way he's kind of done that through NXT. Maybe they do something different also in reaction to your point to AEW. Maybe they do start offering something down the line, right? Because Oliver's attack here was McMahon has billions of dollars. He's made these billions of dollars from wrestlers. Why can't he give some of that back? So it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. But bigger picture here, this is a big freaking deal. Yeah. Again, some of that data, wrestler deaths from the 1990s, very different than here in the 2010s. But it, it's, it's a big deal. And, and I think we need to keep this conversation alive. And hopefully AEW does exactly that. Yes, I agree. And we will see if it stays alive here. And I certainly don't think the war between WWE and John Oliver is, is over quite yet. I think if nothing happens here, uh, we are certainly going to hear more from him. And I wouldn't be shocked if we hear more next month about Saudi Arabia as well, to be quite honest. So he's already taken down telemarketers. So what else has John Oliver got to do? Right. <laughs> what's, what's this? What's this guy got to do? Brexit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Brexit. <laughs> the parrot's not dead. It's sleeping. Okay. Uh, uh, Wrestling Observer is reporting um, there's talk of of WWE adding a third hour to SmackDown once they move to Fox on October 4th. Um, the idea would be that they would do two hours on Fox. They would do a third hour then on FS1 with the idea being they're already filming 205 Live afterwards. It really hasn't found an audience on the network. Maybe they could utilize that third hour uh, by doing two hours on Fox, the third hour on FS1. I get the vibe. What they're saying here is, just making 205 Live a show on FS1, though that didn't seem to be explicitly said here. Um, with this model, uh, financial experts are estimating WWE could make up to $50 million if they go this route. And one of the big incentives here for Fox is, I guess, they lost uh, all of their UFC content to ESPN uh, from FS1, so WWE could help to, to fill in that gap there. Uh, bo bottom line, I, li I like this idea a lot. It doesn't sound like what Raw is, where you'd get a three-hour SmackDown. You'd, get a, you'd still get your two-hour SmackDown, and then 205 would, Live would be over on FS1. Lisa would give Johnny Gargano a spotlight once they put him on that brand, right? I, I mean, maybe. I, I you know, and that's an interesting point too, because if they're looking to fill more time over on FS1 with more WWE content, if you go 205 Live, I don't think NXT would be too far around the corner either. I like this, though, because, again, we're putting more athletic things on the kind of sportsy athletic networks, right? 205 Live has always felt a little bit more, you know, it's supposed to be high-flying, but it's mm -hmm. really more of an athletic brand than Raw kind of is most weeks. So I dig it. I think it's a smart move and a great way to fill up time. Yeah, I agree. I hope they go this route. Um, now, let's get to Raw and WrestleMania news here. Now, Wrestling Observer reporting Vince McMahon made the call last night on Raw to have Rollins lay out Lesnar in their go-home segment to WrestleMania. Uh, apparently, the original plan here was for Lesnar, for Lesnar to lay out Rollins. Um, and on that note, Sporting News is reporting that Rollins confirmed he's dealing with a lingering back issue, but he's rested, cleared, and ready for Mania. So, Rollins sounds good to go. The plans changed here on Monday Night Raw. All I took away from this is, man, I, I don't think Rollins is going to win this title on, on Sunday. No, no, no. There's no, listen, I, 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 
three months ago, yes, absolutely made sense, right? But since they've been teasing Brock's return to the Octagon, and Vince McMahon salivates at the idea that Brock Lesnar could take that Universal Championship and promote <laughs> WWE somewhere else. Seth Rollins, listen, you're going to have maybe the big women win, 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 Kofi Kingston might win, whoever else, right? Some baby faces will win on Sunday. Seth Rollins, God, I just feel bad for the guy. Not going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to win the title. I do think that, yes, Brock Lesnar taking the title to UFC is definitely something on, on people's minds here. And um, it's interesting to hear think about him, him taking the title there. But for me, if you're going to have Rollins lose the match here, um, and you got to have something for him to do coming out of WrestleMania, uh, what do you think about the idea of Roman Reigns costing him this match out of jealousy? Oh. That would be fantastic, right? I, I think it's the perfect time to flip Roman. The perfect time to flip Roman, right, was when he was getting booed. But it's even better now that the fans are kind of behind him. And it would it would actually be shocking and surprising, unlike if they had done it a year ago. So that'd be an awesome feud. This Brock Lesnar feud has just tapered down so much, mostly because Brock Lesnar has not been there. And it's been kind of wash, rinse, repeat on the promos each week. So I, I, I don't care that much that Seth Rollins might lose. I it's been knocked down the card a little bit. But yeah, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins feud with Roman Reigns, the heel at this stage could be a lot of fun. Oh, dude, totally. And that that's your that's your main event picture that you don't even need the title for that to work. Right. Those two just have so much history. A fresh Roman Reigns heel turn here. He could beat Drew McIntyre earlier in the night, have some nice momentum going into it. I, I just once I thought of that, I can't get it out of my head. And that's all I want to see now. Or can I can I throw one more thing at you? And okay. I, this is probably not going to happen but if, if dean ambrose did decide to sign an extension at the last minute right he cost south rollins the title and they continue that feud that yeah. could go someplace a little bit more boring to me a little bit more yeah. boring to me the, the fresh roman heel turn i think would be great and yeah i don't know i think dean i do think dean will be around after wrestlemania um i don't know what he'll be doing he could be getting involved with that as well i guess but yeah roman turn on on rollins out of jealousy and you set up roman versus lesnar later on because he's he's the guy that's supposed to take the title from lesnar you know mm -hmm. is roman reigns Anyway, uh, Wrestling Observer reporting. Um, oh, wait. No, no, no. Before I get to that, uh, last night on Raw, Stephanie McMahon announced that the WrestleMania Triple Threat main event will now be a winner-take-all for both the Raw and Women's SmackDown titles. What do you think of this decision, Michael? I love the announcement here. This was great. She came out and teased. Everybody's like, oh, she's going to add herself to the match. And that's exactly what she said she was going to do, right? Just yeah. to kind of give that April Fool's joke. And But really what she was doing was softening the blow. WWE knew this was not going to be the announcement that – Fans were super pumped up. I mean, I, I think they knew that, right? So, which yeah. is why you kind of give them the cheap low blow here. Like, oh, I'm in the match. Psych. Actually, here's my other news. But again, I think this news is not that noteworthy. I think it's almost a little bit uh, backwards for the women's division to unify these titles, but not really unify them. WWE is so focused right now as a company on making these big moments, right? These big things they can use in video packages that they can promote on their website, these kind of headlines. And, and to them, nothing is bigger than a woman at the end of WrestleMania, Becky Lynch particularly, holding up both championships and the image that sends home. But to me, I think, again, that just it's way overbooked. I, I, at some point, there was a tease that there might be, you know, one, one championship is on the line at first and the second one, or if either woman gets pinned, they lose it. I like that tease. And then the eventual four horsewoman kind of Becky, Charlotte and, and Sasha and Bailey all coming out and holding up their championships at the end of the night. I thought that would have been really neat. So I don't know what this gets us, 
but I do think it hurts the women's division, and in particularly, it definitely hurts Asuka and, and the rest of the SmackDown roster there. Yeah, we'll get to Asuka here in just a second. I do wanted to t- I did want to take a second to just praise the go-home segment with all three of these women handcuffed and booting each other in the face and driving cars around. I thought was that was my favorite go-home segment to a WrestleMania, and I can't even remember how long since I've seen a segment that got me that on the hook and wanting to see uh, a match at WrestleMania. It was brutal. It felt like the old attitude. People talk about wanting the attitude era back. It's not because I want middle fingers and cursing and sex, right? It's because I want brutal, tough, unexpected segments like this. And I don't know why it didn't in the show. But, Nick, you're right. That segment from top to bottom was fire. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got I just got uh, some breaking news here um, that I want to I want to say a, a little sad about. I was. I was functionally pretty deep into actually trying to get John Oliver for an interview, and I just got the email that said that the segment he did said enough, and they have declined my interview. I'm pretty bummed about that. Oh, I know. I want you. All, I wanted you all to feel that with me in that moment oh. because I haven't. I haven't said anything to anybody. Only Raj knew, but I was pretty deep into it. I was pretty close. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was pitched this interview and, and declined personally. So sad. All right. Anyway, wow. way to bring the whole show down <laughs> yes. a few notches after talking about that great segment last night. This is why Thanks, I should Nick. never, ever check my email while I'm recording the show. I am like the most ADHD person on the face of the planet. If I see something, I have to say it. I'm going to close my computer right now. I'm going to close that. I apologize. Oh, wait, don't close the computer. That's what we're recording on right The now. other computer. I have two computers right now awesome. in front of me. Close the laptop. Sorry. It's all over now. We're shutting it down. Sorry, everybody. All right, back to Asuka here. And, uh, yeah, so Raw segment, great. Let's switch switch gears here. Back to Asuka. Wrestling Observer reported the original plans for Asuka were to have her face the winner of the women's Fatal 4-Way match. Last, night, last week on SmackDown, uh, Mandy Rose was supposed to get the win to face Asuka Mania. That didn't happen, of course. Uh, the de- decision sounds like it was made the day of uh, SmackDown tapings to change directions due to how long the WrestleMania card was getting and the desire to drop uh, some less interesting matches here. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't know. The, I, it's so bizarre to me, the uh, contradiction of the women are main eventing, and are that's a huge thing for them, but there are three women's matches on the entire show, and one of them is a battle royal. The, over, the overall, the, the majority of the women in WWE right now seem pretty unhappy with their booking and position in the company. The, the only thing I can expect uh, that they might would do, I don't think they will, but maybe in some way Asuka would get involved in the main main event and cost Charlotte some spot in there as kind of a, a you know modicum of revenge. They might would do that to kind of make up for what happened two weeks ago on SmackDown, and that sets up Charlotte and Asuka moving forward, and you, you know, Becky maybe goes to Raw. Maybe that happens? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the only explanation I could see afterwards. Yeah, I think they're just going to keep the women in the slot that they're at and hope to, to to heat them up here after WrestleMania and create. I mean, there's all kinds of feuds and stuff. I mean, the nice thing here is by not featuring the women in a bunch of matches at Mania, you do have a lot of programs you could roll out of WrestleMania too, and we'll probably have a very interesting, especially SmackDown's women division. Uh, real quickly here, the women that were announced for the women's battle royal at WrestleMania are Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, Lana, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan. Sarah Logan, Mickey James, and Zelina Vega, several of which have spoken out about how they've been placed in this match, uh, including Naomi, who got a very she got a lot of heat for talking out about her her position right now in the company. We'll get to some other folks later that have said the same thing. I don't get the hate for Naomi. I don't get it. I don't know why people got so upset about that. Y'all need to chill out. Uh, who got upset exactly? There were just a lot of people on Twitter that were saying that she needed to accept her spot on the card and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and she got into it with some folks. You should go check out her Twitter timeline. 
Eh, people on Twitter. There yeah. you go. This says it all. Anyway, I'm on Twitter, by the way, at the Real Wiseman. If you want to follow me, it's true. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, the obvious winner. I think Oscar wins this thing here and comes out as a, a contender following WrestleMania to whoever, like Charlotte or whoever's on top on SmackDown. She's got to. I just feel so bad for Oscar. She's been right there. She won the Women's Royal Rumble, but she should have won a Mania last year. Didn't she? Finally gets the title. Isn't given a meaningful feud. Loses it two weeks before Mania. And Asuka is one of my favorite talents on the roster, male or female. So just grossly underutilized at this point. Um, also, on the other side of the coin, uh, the men. Uh, there's a lot of them now announced for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Of course, we have Colin Joseph, Michael Che, and Braun Strowman in there. But here is the laundry list of talent that will be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year. Are you ready for this? Andrade, Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neil, Tyler Breeze, Jinder Mahal, No Way Jose, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, Lince Dorado, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, Rhino, Victor, Connor, Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Otis Tucker, and EC3. Got them all in. Who's your, who's your, <laughs> who's your pick here? You're going to end up with Colin Jost, Michael Che, and Braun Strowman, right? It's going to be one of those three. It's going to be the comedy ending, something like that. By the way... Colin Jost, possibly. Corey Graves was on commentary, and he said that he thought Michael Che was going to win after he turns on Colin Jost at the end of the Battle Royal. Now, I don't know that it's a coincidence that that was my prediction last week on, I think, the episode that Corey Graves' brother was my guest on that show. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey Graves, if you're out there, we appreciate you listening. <laughs> Give you. us a shout out on Ronick. Thank you, Corey. I do believe, I think that that was the same. It's definitely last week I made that prediction. It was definitely last week I interviewed his brother or released the interview. Mm, tough to say, but it did sound, it rang true to me when you started talking on the... Because you're the there. only one to ever have that prediction, Nick, you know, that's why. <sighs> Just saying. Um, the only other person, the only other person I could see of the field would be Ali, right? Ali, you know, losing a spot there to Kofi Kingston. This, You know, they obviously have an investment in this guy. They're obviously trying to move him up the card. It would be, it would be the most meaningful of the non-Jost Che Braun Strowman people, I think, to, to win this bout. I, I don't know if he's the only... I mean, yeah, I think he could be a likely contender. Let's not discount here. They were doing something with Andrade until the last two months, and maybe True. they still want to capitalize on that. I, you could also have a surprise entrance, right? Like, maybe they sign a deal with Gronk at the last minute. Maybe he comes mm. out and finds a way into this match. Mm. Uh, EC3, he was on TV this week. They've done nothing with him. Maybe they want to use this as a chance to catapult him forward. Who knows, you know? Yeah, I don't see Mojo in this mix. So maybe bigger plans for Mojo or lesser plans. I'm not sure. John Cena? Huh? Well, let's talk about John here. Wrestling Observer reporting John Cena has a deal on the table with WWE for a WrestleMania match that he is expected to sign. His opponent will not be Kurt Angle. So if you're looking for that bait and switch, I don't think you're going to get it, unfortunately. Uh, they also note his match is being kept super secret. It could be Lars, but that may be unlikely. Uh, Meltzer noted that Triple H got really tight-lipped when asked about Lars on the takeover media call, which, by the way, I asked Triple H about Lars on that Triple H or on the NXT media call last week, and uh, yeah, I was a little surprised how quickly he clammed up. Even if you throw Triple H kind of a, an oddball question, he'll usually try to give you some kind of a response. I asked about Lars, and it was like less than a tweet. It was like less than yeah. it's like less than two hundred eighty characters. Um, what do you think the plan here is for Cena, Mike? My only expectation is maybe they didn't want to reveal something about Lars. Triple H does seem to talk around things. Even when there are big plans, he kind of manages to find a way to not answer while still giving you an answer. I, I've said it for 
couple of weeks now, I think. John Cena versus Undertaker, both guys, it seems like, are rumbling the rumors to kind of be there, maybe at Mania on Sunday, have deals on the table. A rematch from last year, again, we had a, that, that surprise return from Undertaker, the surprise match that had been asked for for weeks. I would love to see that as a rematch, and I, I still have some hope that maybe my prediction will be right. A lot of people saying Lars. Here's my thing about Lars, though. I get it, right? Lars could be an interesting one, but I think to the audience you're playing to at Mania, does a surprise match between Lars and John Cena really hold much water? Like, we'll be into it because we know the backstory there, how they were supposed to have a feud and a whole program, yada, yada, yada. But does the casual wrestling fan at WrestleMania, Lars shows up and they're like, why is my guy John Cena facing this nobody, no-name person? Unless... Lars beats the ever-loving crap out of him, and they use that to move him forward. I just, I just I, don't know that it's it's exciting to those fans. I don't see Lars at Mania. I definitely get the vibe that what happened with Lars is like the so the anxiety of being in front of that of a raw crowd and making his debut in that environment. From from everything I've heard, that sounds like what it was here. And I I know other people in the comedy community that suffer from issues like that, so I know it's not uncommon. If he's not, if if NXT's where he's happy, Raw was too much. A WrestleMania debut, I feel like, is off the table. I don't see that sure. happening. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway. Uh, but I don't know who else you put John Cena with. Uh, I think, again, Taker is my guy here. Got to go with it. The Rock? <laughs> You're going to have a surprise John Cena Rock 4. Yeah. Uh, unadvertised. Sure. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'm hitting 40. I'm looking back on my life. I'm thinking about the things that I didn't get to finish up and I'm not done with you. All right. I'm having my wrestling midlife crisis right now and I want to buy a fancy car and I need a bigger house and I want to beat the rock one more time. Okay. Oh, it had to be a, it had to be another younger talent, right? It'd have to be one of those kind of appearances where he puts over somebody or he goes over somebody like that. It would be cool. What if this whole Chompa thing's a work? <laughs> oh, Gronk. Let's, let's be really, again, they're trying to find a way to get, you know, WWE would love that. Gronk, Gronk would be interesting. Gronk would be interesting. Could, who, who knows? Who knows? Um, so we'll 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 keep our our Cena radar up here as the the week goes along. Uh, Finn Balor, we know, will be at WrestleMania trying to capture the the IC title from Bobby Lashley, and he is going to be bringing the Demon with him. Uh, not a huge reaction for the Demon on Raw. That's because that was a terrible corny segment. The <laughs> the terrible kiss impression, the weird grunt. Ah, it just came across cheesy. The fake smoke. Don't do all of that. The demon. They they talk way too much about the demon, right? They treat it like this persona. Finn Balor just needs to like kind of tease bringing it out, tease showing another side of him, and then he just shows up that way at Mania. And I think it's way more impactful than this. It's like in the horror movies, right? Whenever you see Jason Voorhees for the entire thing, he's not scary, creepy, weird, interesting anymore. And that's what they've done to the demon. They've kind of killed it. I kind of have you seen those rascal segments from Impact where they're doing like that '70s style, uh, yeah, '70s show style. Yes. I feel like Finn Balor just popping up in there would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Moving forward here, more Mania news. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins in a backstage segment from Raw that I believe was just, I don't know if this was on Raw or it was just released online. It doesn't ring a bell in my head from the actual show. But they challenged the Revival to a tag team title match at WrestleMania to which the Revival said they'll think about it. Now, there's a lot of speculation you could have a multi-tag team uh, match here with the revival, but a lot of the tag teams have been announced for this Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal here. Hardy's the club, Gable and Rude. Um, I, you know, if, maybe a kickoff show match here between these four, where Hawkins finally gets a win. It's fine. Be yeah, happy. That's what. It, pre-show, right? 
Hawkins needs that win. They want to embarrass the revival because the revival have been so public in some of their displeasure. So takes kills all their birds with one stone. Man, yes, handful of rocks out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. Undertaker uh, took to tw- took to Instagram and he noted that he has lost twenty five pounds using nutrition solutions. He said rumors of my devi- demise have been greatly uh, exaggerated. So yeah, Taker looking good here. Could play into your idea, Undertaker Cena two, which Undertaker Cena one was not my cup of tea. I, I I would not like them to do that for two. It was exactly what it needed to be. It didn't need to be a long drawn out match. It, it gave Taker a, a good rub. It doesn't matter. Johnson doesn't need to beat Taker. It doesn't matter who wins in this feud. It just needs to be surprising and entertaining. I what I if, dug it. What if Bray Wyatt was John Cena's opponent? What if we get the return of Bray? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. You got to do something with. Is he the new Bray? Is he is he? revitalize in some way what's different about him i mean i could dig that maybe maybe they do bray and take i don't know (laughs) (laughs) triple threat match (laughs) sorry i got i got caught back speculating about the cena match i tried to move on uh grammy award it's gonna be gronk i'm telling you (laughs) okay got it got it buddy grammy award-winning gospel singer yolanda adams will perform america the beautiful at wrestlemania awesome i'm sure she'll be great uh, and also joining the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019 will be officially, finally, after weeks of speculation, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ed Leslie will be joining the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, for all of the talk about how Hulk pulled some strings, get his buddy in and all that. Look, there are people that are in the Hall of Fame that are way less legendary in the world of pro wrestling, especially WWE than Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So I think it's Hulk fine. Hulk will be where, anybody? I'm sorry, just saying. <laughs> yeah, the whole celebrity wing. Um, all of it. Donald Trump. Who's that dude? What's he ever going to do in life? Drew right? Carey. Price is wrong, bitch. Sorry, that was the Adam Sandler. Oh, line. Wow, <laughs> that was the Adam Sandler Happy Gilmore line. Come on, Ow. kids. You guys have Bruce all seen it. a good addition here. Now he's a big name. People know you can say his name uh, in casual wrestling circles. People know you're talking about. So yeah, I it makes agree. sense. I agree. Uh, some good news here. TMZ reporting Jimmy Uso was ordered to pay a $450 fine, but his case is now closed in Detroit. Uh, this stems from the uh, disorderly contact, uh, conduct and obstruction of justice charges that were against him. Uh, you know, We've all seen the body cam footage that came out last week and everything, but he will not face jail time, and he is off and, and back to pro wrestling. So hopefully no more negative Uso headlines. That would be my preference. Um, we talked a little bit about Tommaso Ciampa's injury earlier. Uh, he writes on social media about how he has been told by doctors that he's on borrowed time in regards to his pro wrestling career. He, he reminisced about how he's been told this before, and he looks to over-exceed expectations and come back, and he tells everybody to stay tuned. Uh, what a trooper. Man, I, mm. I'll, I'll never forget, because I saw Ciampa in Chikara a couple years ago, and he, he was so good. And I remember thinking to myself, this guy's just like the best heel I've ever seen. And um, he tweeted like a couple days later how he was eating a bag of hot dog buns and enjoying the independent <laughs> pro wrestler lifestyle. And it, this is this is I mean that's true. I mean this guy in the past five years to see where he's been to where he is, I have no doubts. I mean this guy is a tank. I don't think I don't think we've by a long shot seen the last of Tommaso Ciampa. So. It just it just makes you remember how fragile this business can be, especially for guys. I mean, Edge is one of my all time. He might be my all time favorite, right? And and guys like that. When we had the Daniel Bryan thing, these guys, they can. We got to value our time with them in the ring because this does take a toll on their bodies. I I love the work Champa has done in the last two years, especially with Gargano. It's probably been the best long term feud WWE has had in maybe maybe a decade or more, right? I I think it's just been amazing. So. This borrowed time comment worries me, but again, 
doesn't necessarily mean anything. A lot of guys have had this borrowed time thing come up and have gone on to have many more years, maybe five, six, seven, who knows, um, of time with us. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Triple H did also comment on Ciampa's recovery a, a, a couple times on the uh, NXT TakeOver uh, media call. Uh, I just want to promote real quick, on Thursday, I'm going to be playing the full audio of that. Thursday show is going to be really just an all-interview-driven thing that we're going to be put together. It's going to have a lot of uh, audio content in there. So just so you know, you will be able to hear that. It'll, it'll be released this Thursday. Uh, Goldust WWE status. Uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet started off the week by saying, or the, the earlier part of the five days, saying Goldust's contract has expired with WWE recently, and he'll be a free agent in May. Even speculating about the recent teases for Cody versus Goldust match at Double or Nothing. Well... Goldust took to Twitter to let everybody know I am still under contract with WWE and everything that is being said online is just talk and complete bullshit. This is exactly why I hate smart marks. Who's working who here, Michael? It's not like Satin to get these kinds of deals wrong or these kinds of facts wrong, right? He's usually pretty pretty on top of this stuff. I, I think this obviously... Goldust would not cop to it. I love these... Refu- I love it when these guys come out and refute the quote-unquote... Um, journalists are smart marks as they call them and then you find out a few weeks later that the, the report was exactly right <laughs> spot on gold dust and going to double or nothing feuding with cody that that has a draw to it that could add a nice weight to that card there's your there's your first year story arc right they start off as enemies and end up back as friends as brothers and you go into year two with these two as a tag team that's just me thinking. WWE loud. never quite got there with these guys. They flipped too quickly to make Cody Rhodes stardust. And I never felt like we got the gold dust Cody Rhodes feud. We were promised. I would love to see AEW deliver on that promise. Do we get gold dust or do we get Dustin Rhodes though? The natural. Mm. 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 I don't know. Dustin, Dustin would make a lot of sense. That could be interesting. Yeah, I think they go Dustin, but that's just me. Black, uh, purple rain. Is that what we get? Purple rain. <laughs> Sure. What was his name? The creepy dude who looked in the windows, right? Uh, seven. Seven. That's who it was. That's. Come on. You don't remember Seven? Classic. Uh, the present. <laughs> the the classic press... wrestler there came out one night. Classic. The present guide in Michigan uh, recently spoke with Rhino, who is a Michiganian. He, used, he ran for public office there not too long ago. Uh, Rhino said he loves WWE, but he might need to go somewhere else. Hmm. Article notes that his WWE contract expires in mid-July. Uh, he notes he'd like to wrestle for another eight years. He's 43, so looking to hit that 50-year mark that a lot of guys try to hit in the business. Uh, and he talks about his, at length in this piece about his big daddy's boatyard in Monroe County, Michigan, which is maybe the highlight of this for me. Uh, but anyway, Rhino, free agent here come mid-July. This guy, journeyman it would imply that he's floated and hasn't had uh, highlights. Rhino's the final ECW champion. But he is a guy that likes to move around. And I could see him in the AEW mix here by the end of the year. If that's well, Listen, what... Nick, Rhino, Rhino's just an average everyday guy like the rest of us. right? We all have our big daddy's boatyard we want to talk about whenever people want to ask us about our work, right? So he's just had, a normal guy, Nick, I, just a normal guy. I had no idea now, that he was living on a houseboat for a while. That is the crazy. most Rhino Michigan thing ever. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's interesting. Rhino is a guy who still has some name cachet. You mentioned him being the final ECW champion. He's got the look, right? Uh, say what you will, he can kind of take some of the bumps of getting older, and with his size, he still looks intimidating with his intensity, and Rhino's been great in WWE when they've used him over the last couple of years. A great get for someplace like AEW and using him to kind of position some younger guys in the roster. Ring of Honor would be smart to go after him and use him in some way, so I'd love to see him end up somewhere else. WWE did use him well for a couple of years with Heath Slater, but 
I think Reiner deserves something different now. A good change would be helpful to his career. Yeah, and he loves the business. I know Terry does. So uh, I hope him well wherever he goes, wherever he can make the most money and keep the Big Daddy's boatyard going. Because I got to get a boat and I got to get a str- I got to get a slip at Big Daddy's. Uh, Luke Harper pinned a heartfelt message on Instagram over the weekend about his status with WWE. Noting he's been cleared since February. He hasn't been used by WWE for anything. Talks about how he's questioned his, his abilities, and he's looking to get his career going again. And he sent a message to Donovan Dijevac, who will be his WrestleMania 35 access opponent in the Worlds Collide uh, uh, tournament they're doing. This will be Luke Harper's first match back since injury, and he's treating this like his WrestleMania match, he said to Donovan. Another guy just slipping through the cracks. I love Luke Harper. I'm, I kills me to see him talking like this. You know, Luke Luke Harper is one of those guys who, when he was able, finally let, they let him go against Dean Ambrose and gave him some kind of fun little feuds there. You saw something you didn't expect from him because of the way WWE had underutilized him for so long. This message, I read it. I kind of just caught me by surprise how heartfelt it was. To your point, he mentioned. I still believe I can be a world champion, right? I still believe I have that ahead of me in my future, and I'm going to be working towards that. Guys like this, they really do get the audience behind them. And again, it feels like to me Luke Harper reaching out saying, man, I got to find some way to get the fans behind me to get my name out there more because WWE is not going to do it for me. So I'm going to try something different and unique, and I appreciate that about Luke Harper and what he did here. The access match being what it will be, I hope WWE can find a spot for him on the roster because, again, he can go in the ring. He's had some good matches there. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about another guy who can go in the ring and seems a little despondent right now with his position on the card is Tyler Breeze, new haircut and all, uh, tweeting out that he's uh, actually responding to a fan agreeing that he's been underutilized for four years. I mean, this guy was a breakout star on NXT. It genuinely, like, made a pretty good splash, I think, on the main roster when he was doing the, like, Zoolander-type uh, runway walks and stuff. I'm, again, surprised to see how far he's fallen down the card. Another guy I'd really like to see them find something for. I'm a big Tyler Breeze fan, you know. Yeah, he's, he's great. Put, it, just put him back in NXT or yeah. let him go somewhere else because the main roster don't know what to do with him. Uh, Kurt Angle, who will be wrestling Baron Corbin at WrestleMania, and we're not going to get into it today because there's a lot of other stuff. <laughs> there's a lot more time ahead. We can get into it again. That Rey Mysterio match with Baron Corbin really set me on fire for this Kurt Angle feud, man. I'm telling you what. Look, they just wanted to show Baron could have a match. It's a good match. <laughs> That's all they're trying to do with that We main told event. you guys. He's a main eventer. <laughs> Jesus. Kurt Angle announced for StarCast 2 by Cody on Twitter. So Kurt Angle joining The Undertaker and many, many others at StarCast uh, 2. Um, I don't really know if you can make anything of this, but there you go. He'll be there. It's, it's interesting to me, just adding to that, Nick, Kurt Angle, obviously, we knew he was going to be at Mania. They're really saying last night was his farewell to Raw. There must have been something on April 1st that flipped because Starcast announced this yesterday. At the same time last night, and you might not know this, but Russell Cade advertised starting yesterday that Kurt Angle is going to be at their event this November and December um, for the first time ever. So I'm wondering if there was something in his contract where prior to April 1st, he could not be advertised. And now everybody's kind of got the go ahead and maybe he signed a short-term extension to get him through mania. Look, I don't want to get everybody speculating, but Kurt Angle did make the leap to impact wrestling. He's not afraid to do that kind of stuff. So if he is free and clear, and, and I don't know if he wants to wrestle or he'll be happily retired, but guys like him don't tend to stay happily retired is my uh, general understanding. All right, lastly here in the news, Tennille Emma Dashwood uh, has announced that she is now officially a free agent, uh, obviously brings a lot of cachet wherever she would go. I've heard different reports about how she may be a little bit more difficult to work with behind the scenes, but regardless, she is still one of the women that started the, the women's revolution. Where would you like to see Emma wind up, Michael? AEW. 
Um, makes a lot of sense. I don't know, again, the whole maybe difficult to work with thing. What does that do for her? She was interesting when she debuted in WWE. I think there's still something there. I, I just, I'm not as excited about her as I once was and, and reports like that damper my excitement, but she's still got some name cachet. So AW maybe. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show the original founder, owner, promoter of Ring of Honor Wrestling. It is our good friend, Carrie Silken. Carrie, welcome to the Winkley. Oh, thank you. And uh, don't forget, in that in that kind introduction you gave me, the current Ring of Honor ambassador. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, you you are you're you know, I very much look at you as like the the start, right? The original curator of ROH. You know, of course, you've still got a role. You're ringside most of the time. Yes, I try to be. And uh, I was at ringside and uh, I'm sure you saw the uh, pay-per-view, the 17th anniversary show in Las Vegas. I was texting you about it when when Taven and Lethal did that win an hour. That was great. It was outstanding. I mean, that was really a show where, uh, what the hell do they say? The corny, oh, you know, it was uh, every match could have been a main event. Well, maybe not, but close to it. Every match was excellent. How about that? Yeah, it was great. And you, you guys did my favorite thing when you're in Vegas. You opened with Kenny King because Kenny King is the way you start a show <laughs> in Las Vegas, and uh, it worked really well. Yeah, having the tag team in the in the main event, great change of pace. I I, I, I was I just really enjoyed that show. I thought it was a great way to set the stage for, uh, of course, the big G1 uh, Super Card of Honor that you guys are going to be having here at Madison Square Garden. You know, Carrie, we'll get to it. Like like I said, without you, there is no Ring of Honor. Like, 17 years later, what does it mean to you? How does it feel to see your baby grow into this, like, co-produced event with New Japan running Madison Square Garden? It's, it's beyond surreal. I was, I'm, I'm, here I am, uh, how many days do we have? Like, 12 days, 12 days to the show? We're pretty close. And I, it doesn't even seem that it's going to happen. It's like, uh, I'm going to wake up and it's not there. Um, I can't even fathom uh, that it's going to be happening. It, it's very hard to explain. I've been asked this question by a number of people, and right. I keep coming out with this answer. Obviously, it's a great accomplishment. It's a shocking achievement. It's you know the mojo of the way everything worked out. Yes, if I would have would have. Yes, I kept the company alive. Yes. Uh, Sinclair and Jokoff, particularly, if it wouldn't have been him, it may not have worked. He was the right man uh, in the right position. And uh, despite the growing pains, which I experienced, obviously, and under the Sinclair was experienced, and every company experiences it, even WWE now, there's always growing pains within within the long period of time. it was able to sustain, it was able to survive. And the relationship with new Japan is wonderful. The relationship with, uh, CMML is great. And here we are, my boy going to Madison square garden, where in 1971, when I was 14 years old, because you weren't allowed to go to, I think we spoke about this before, but you weren't allowed to go to pro wrestling or boxing it was a New York State Athletic Commission rule. Um, they would let you go at these little, you know, like sunny, these little halls. But the garden enforced it. And uh, my dad took me for my 14th birthday. I had seen pro wrestling, a number of shows locally in New Jersey. and uh, But we went to the garden 
and for uh, Freddie Blassie and Pedro Morales. And uh, to now be at the Garden, being able to walk out to our opening Jethro Tull music and to be able to sit at ringside and watch this incredible card in a building where I have not only seen so many great wrestling events, from WrestleMania, from that first one I mentioned, to WrestleMania 1, to WrestleMania 20, and a host in between, not to mention Rangers Stanley Cup playoff games, uh, championship Nick games, and a laundry list of awesome concerts. I was just there a couple weeks ago for Elton John. And, you know, I've seen everyone from Zeppelin to Metallica to uh, everyone um, clapped in this one, that one, uh, in that building. There's nothing better. And I don't think you've ever been in the garden. Me? I don't know that I've ever been in the garden either. I'm trying to think about it because I've never. Well, been... you would know if you've been there. Well, that's true. I would know if I've been there. No, this will this will be my uh, this will be my cherry popping here for the garden. Well, it's, it's, let's just say, for example, um, hmm, uh, I mentioned Metallica, fine. Let's say Metallica was touring and they had a show in, uh, in, in Long Island at Nassau Coliseum. It would be awesome. But the next night they're at the garden. It's even better. It's just something about the building. Uh, the building has life. The building, you know, the world's most famous arena. They don't call it that for nothing. It's got the juice. When I was at Elton John, it was just special. Maybe Elton John says this every night, wherever he is. But he said, you know, this is my favorite place to play. <laughs> anyway, so, and it's my, it, it's my favorite place to see things. And now I'm going to be part of. So it's uh, very surreal. And uh, I'm just hoping that uh, I, I almost want to get this over with. Because <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> you know, you, you want to bask in the moment. But it's like. Uh, you know, I just, I just want it to happen. You know, yeah. I'll pinch myself when I'm there. You could pinch me too. Uh, sure. So uh, sure. that's all, you know, so yeah, it's, it's so, it's so damn exciting. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. And you know, the thing is you, you're talking about it. I almost feel like from a fan's perspective, but like the other side of the coin here is like from a promoter's perspective. I mean, you have to know that when you started ROH 17 years ago, like MSG, that's the McMahon's backyard. I think this is the first non McMahon produced wrestling show in the garden since the 50s it's like eight and 81 years or something like that some crazy number you know i mean well go ahead i don't want to challenge your wrestling history okay but in you're you're you're, you're warm but in the 50s from reading one of these really good uh there's one of these record book kind of things of uh wrestling events masses for garden it has really good notes in it okay and uh, i also i also think in that history of the of uh, I don't forget what it's called, but there's a good book about WWE. Okay. Anyway, uh, in the 50s, there were promotional wars. Um, it's really weird. Like one month, it would be the, uh, the I'm bringing up these ancient names, Vern Gagne, and, and then that Jack, Jack Pfeffer guy was involved, and these other promoters, and then the McMahons were slipping in and out. But they definitely secured it in like the late, late 50s. Okay, and you know they they sort of had a stranglehold on it. Although, young man, you know WCW did some shows 
at what's now called the Hulu Theater, which used to be called the Theater, which used to be called the Felt Forum. Yes. Which is a three, the 3,000 seater behind the, you know, within the garden complex where we're having the, uh, the fan festival, the uh, festival of honor. Yes, correct. Uh, on Friday. And right. uh, so WCW did run the building. And I was talking to Kevin Sullivan, who I'm friendly with, and uh, those shows drew terribly. Oh. Terribly, he said. Okay. okay. <laughs> which is really odd. But uh, they couldn't get in the garden. They let him for that. But uh, yeah, they uh, we almost didn't get in the garden, but we did. So here yeah. we are. What kind of a you know? But that's the thing is you know what kind of a message do you think that sends to the McMahons and WWE that you all were able to secure this territory after it's so definitively been in their grips for decades now? Um, what what message does that? I I think I think the go. Hmm. You would think the garden would just want to do business. If they have an open day, they would rent, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the money. But um, and here's Vince McMahon, who's obviously a, a genius businessman, but he's running Friday at the Barclays NXT in Brooklyn, a, a mere like seven miles away. Yeah. Saturday, the Hall of Fame at the Barclays in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Sunday, of course, is Giant Stadium, uh, MetLife. And then Monday Night Raw back in Brooklyn, and Tuesday SmackDown back in Brooklyn at the Barclays. I think the Garden felt a little uh, snubbed, and you know it's not like the old days when I mentioned Freddie Blassie going for the first time. They would run a Garden show every three or four weeks, like clockwork, on a Monday night. It was always on a Monday night. It was the strangest thing, okay. but that was the night they ran it. Okay. And uh, now they're down, as you know, whether it's Chicago or Milwaukee or L.A., they might do, what, two a year? Yeah. And so I I don't – you know, so did it send sh- – yet? but uh, – so I'm not involved in that side of it anymore. You know, that thank God for uh, for Joe and Greg for getting this deal done. You know, I'm, I know it wasn't easy, but uh, we have a sellout. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. You guys sold out in like half an hour. But I mean, just to follow up, you know, and we'll get to the card here in just a second. Do you think there's a chance that ROH New Japan runs the Garden again, or do you think this is a one and done? Yeah, you, I oh. do think there's a chance. Okay. You know, and uh, I, I actually uh, had an idea, which I did speak to the aforementioned current management and they like the idea and uh who knows what's going to happen but i i really feel you know in this uh chain in this wrestling climate with you know the elite the, oh, let's say what are they all what is it called all aew all elite wrestling right right yeah. my boys the bucks i love them mm-hmm. they're um and I'm, I'm so proud of them but um with this changing climate and all this um, I believe that Ring of Honor, you know, uh, probably with the help of New Japan, of course, but that wouldn't be a problem, um, could do the Garden again at, without WrestleMania. I mean, it would be a project, but uh, I think it could be done. I think our product is, is really, really good right now. And uh, sometimes when guys leave, as you know, which we've seen with Brian Danielson and Nigel leaving in 2009 and the attrition of CM Punk, and Joe and the attrition of Adam Cole and Kyle and Bobby Fish and 
um, Kevin Steen, uh, we survived and uh, we're going to do well. And it's going to continue that way. It, it is continuing that way. Are you uh, are you surprised that Ring of Honor and, a- and AEW aren't going to, it doesn't look like they're going to work together. I mean, it definitely feel like ROH and New Japan and CMLL are going to stay in a, in a trio there. Uh, are you surprised that AEW isn't going to keep the, the bridge alive there promotionally? Am I surprised? Um, any listen, you've been watching this stuff long enough and covering it long enough and been a fan long enough. Uh, anything's possible. So maybe if it's not really in the cars at the moment, because people's feelings might be a certain way. Yeah. Uh, I would think maybe six months from now or a year from now, the whole thing could be different. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Fair enough. You get it. I get it. I get it. Well, let's focus on the, the product that the wrestlers you guys have right now, of course, walking in to Madison Square Garden as the Ring of Honor world champion is Jay Lethal. Uh, what does it mean to you to have a guy like Jay Lethal, who's an original for the company, walking into the garden uh, representing as the, as the longest-running ROH champion? Well, I have personal bias because he's, he's become a really close friend of mine, and uh, he's just such a great guy. Besides being one of the best wrestlers on the planet, without, you know, I mean, if he did a top 10, I think you got to put him in there. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, at least in my top 10. Uh, so, uh, yeah, having Lethal, see, I remember Lethal coming to the early Ring of Honor shows okay. with his with his parents. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember his first, sort of remember, his first couple of matches, and then he started getting good. And he really wasn't in ROH that long, it seemed, before he went to TNA. They, they, they saw a good thing with him and, uh, he was there for a, a year and a half. You know, uh, he and I were, we were brought up close to each other. He was Elizabeth, New Jersey. I was in a town called Cranford, which is, I don't know, 10 minutes from Elizabeth. And, uh, yeah, to have Jay in the main event, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I am so happy for him, Yeah, you know, and he's, he's, he's the man, um, and, you know, going and, and that I, I, I'll tell you one thing. You, you watch the pay-per-view. I was there at ringside for the pay-per-view. I was wrong about one thing. And I'll state it publicly. And I told this man to his face and I'll say it so everyone could hear. I had my doubts. As good as Matt Taven is and the ascension that he's had, I've seen him come in from day one and seen him getting better and better and better. But. Honestly, I was like, I don't know if this guy's ready. This is, you know, this, you know, it's, it might be him lethal at the garden. Who knows? And uh, I was wrong because that hour match, talk about hearkening back to the, you know, CM Punk Samoa Joe trilogy um, or, you know, the Flair Steamboat, of course, you could bring up. But these great hour draws that are, you know, rarely done anymore or or hardly ever. I don't know. What was the last one you remember? Uh, The last one hour draw. uh, Well, I guess I would say Iron Man match, uh, Sean and and Brett, but they restarted the bout, you know, went an extra 11 minutes, I think. When was that? That was WrestleMania. I'm going to get butchered over this. 14, maybe. So how many years ago are we talking? Oh, we're talking 20 years ago, a couple decades. Yeah. So anyway. Taven pulled it off is my point. And, and I, I, I'm embarrassed. And I told him after the match, I said, dude, you were so good. And I told him just what I said. And uh, he's a good man. And uh, he's, he's really 
come into his own. And then to throw Marty Scroll into the mix. Um, this is going to be an amazing, am- amazing. Uh, it's going to be a spectacle, you know, with the with being a ladder match also. So, yeah, but legal. He's the man, and uh, it's it's just like I was saying. I don't want to be redundant, but I guess I'm going to be. It's the whole thing surreal. Yeah. Now, and that's the thing is, I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head, Carrie, talking about Matt Taven, and I'm I'm happy to hear you talk so candidly because I think there's a lot of people out on social media and the internet that would echo what you were saying about Matt, you know, not really living up to the momentum he's had, right? Like he's been pushed on top, but it hasn't quite clicked. I think that that Iron Man match was just the thing that he needed to to put him in that stratosphere. Do you think that it, he would be deserving walking out of the garden as the world champion with the momentum and the kind of matches he's putting up right now in Ring of Honor? Absolutely. I mean, from what I saw in Vegas and when I've seen him and, uh, I, I didn't give him enough credit. You know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ashamed really. Cause like the last year he's been Shame. so damn good. Shame. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got such a great, he's got such great charisma and such good personality. He's a, you know, he, he's just good and, uh, he's ready. And, uh, I don't think he's going to walk out champion. That's my selection. I don't know who is, but okay. I, and I really don't know who is, okay. but, um, it's just my opinion, but yeah, Taven, Taven's good. So we'll see. We'll see how good he is. We'll see how good scroll is. We'll see how good lethal is. Yeah. It's be crazy. Uh, well, and here's the thing is uh, I got to put the cheap plug in here. Uh, I actually helped put Matt and his arm wrestling, uh, arm wrestle kingdom in touch with the world arm wrestling league. So I'll be at the Hulu. Ah. Theater. I will, I will be at the Hulu theater with you on Friday, uh, at festival of honor. Matt's going to be hosting the thing and I'll be doing, color commentary to whatever arm wrestling is is going to be happening. Well, that's good. And I'm glad you announced that I will be at the Hulu Theater. Because Ring of Honor has not announced that I will be at the Hulu Oh, are you going to be there? I don't know. I figured you would be I'm there. Of course I'm going to be there. Oh, okay. Of course right. I'm going to be there. Oh, okay. But, you know, these guys, like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I'm looking at all these lists. I'm saying, where the hell is Carrie's Wow. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's the way it is. They know I'm just like, I'm around. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? I so, assume, I, I don't assume, mind. I it's assume you, you should be the Grand Marshal of Festival of Honor. Well, you know, I'll walk around there like the mayor, shaking hands <laughs> and uh, kissing babies and all that shit. Yeah. And uh, Good. it's cool. You know? Good. No charge for Carrie Silken autographs. Okay. Cool. Well, you got to come over to the Arm Wrestle Kingdom and throw of down. Of course. You got to throw down, you know. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could hang with some of these guys, Carrie. I know that you're by. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. My time has come and gone. Okay. But that's okay. I'll be happy to watch. Tell me a little bit. We were talking about Marty here as the third man in this. Tell me a little bit about what it's been like for you the past couple months to get to watch Marty uh, take on like a spotlight role and be less a part of an ensemble. Well, let's let's be frank. You know, his buddies, uh, he was buddies with the guys, with the crew that left. Yeah. Uh, he was signed to Ring of Honor. You know, his attitude's good, man. I mean, uh, would he have liked to have went with those guys? I'm not that close with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might he might be, might have been, why not? Or, you know, he, but he's more than happy. The point is, he's more than happy staying. And he's more than happy contributing. And the... Uh, villain enterprise thing at first when i saw it i'm like hmm but it worked 
and he's really good. He's really magnetic, and uh, I'm I'm just happy he's still part of Ring of Honor. How about that, my man? Yeah, no, no. I'm just I'm just asking your opinion. I mean, it's just a different. Uh, tone, like you said, but you know, it's interesting to say you hear you say that about Villain Enterprises and Matt Taven, where you're just now kind of getting sold on it. And I feel like ROH really did hit the reset button, you know, about three months ago. And just now, everybody's kind of getting used to the new lay of the land. I think Matt Taven has won people over. I think Villain Enterprises is beginning to win people over. Um, what do you What do you make of PCO and his resurgence in pro wrestling? I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew that he was, you know, I don't look at all these, you know, independent, these videos, you know, I'll go on Twitter, but I'm not glued to Twitter. I'll, I'll check your site or Mike Johnson's site, but I'm not glued to these websites, you know, and I knew that PCO was like suddenly becoming this internet sensation. Yeah. Did I do any research about him? Not really. Um, and when he showed up, Turned out, you know, when I said hello to him, he knew that I was friends with Bushwhacker Luke, and he'd worked for Luke in Puerto Rico and like two in two that and something. So I just wanted to see his, you know, what he can do. And holy shit, I mean, you saw that match with him and Brody King against the Briscoes. Brutal. It's ridiculous. Brutal. You know, the, the guy's ten. You know, he's he's. He's close to my age. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's like nine years younger than me. But wow. Jesus Christ. Um, I showed that match again last night to a friend of mine who's like a, one of these, uh, you know, like you have friends like this. They like wrestling a little, you know, but I know that he likes when it's uh, rough and tough and bloody. Yeah. So I showed him that match. And the, anyway, getting back to PCO. Yeah, this guy, talk about putting your body on the line. Holy Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. But, um, and, and you got to say something about Brody King too. Yeah. Because I watched that match again last night and I was there live and, and I don't tend to rewatch matches, you know, very rarely will I, Ooh, you know, like if I'm going to rewatch a match, I'm going to watch, um, Samoa Joe against Kabashi or something. Right. Okay. Um, but you know, a classic, but that was like a classic talk about a hardcore classic. That was so good. And uh, Brody King, uh, you know, all the guys that came in the end of December and early January, mm -hmm. and we're talking about Mark Haskins. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, and this dude's going to be a, a star this year. Uh, I mean, star already, but a big ring of honor star, Juice Robinson. Mm -hmm. Talking about Zack Sabre. <clears throat> talking about Tracy Williams. I'm going to leave someone out here. Bandito. Bandito. Um, Go ahead. Got to go. You got to include Bandito. Thank you. Bandito and Roosh. Mm -hmm. And I'm leaving out. Um, oh, Dave Taylor. Is that his name? Uh, yes. Yeah. F Finley's son. He's injured. Yes. Right. David, and, and David I'm Finley. I'm probably leaving someone else out. Damn it. Uh, Tennille Dashwood was a part of the original Lifeblood. Oh, she's well. sort of gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think. But anyway, this Lifeblood crew. Right. And uh, it, it was... It was perfect timing, you know. I'm gonna, it goes back to when we lost, you know, Punk and Joe, and we lost Nigel and Brian, and blah blah blah. And we lost Adam and Kyle and 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 Bobby and 
Davey, uh, you know, all these guys. Eddie, uh, you know, you guys sound like an orphanage. And, and, you sound like you're just a, having children get adopted. I know, you know I know, I know. Yes. Well, I've said it before. You know, they put a fork in us so many times, but it opens up space for new guys. Right. So as much as I would love to have the Young Bucks uh, forever, and as great as Cody Rose, Cody was, and, you know, Daniels and Daniels is a longtime Ring of Honor legend and, and Frankie and all this. Um, it just made room for new guys. Yeah. And if they wouldn't have left, you know, if you don't leave, we can't miss you. <laughs> it's the opposite, you know. Uh, we, it, and at the same time, how many Bucks matches can we see? Yeah. Um, so it worked out. It really did. It worked out. And, and I wish those guys the best. And this new crew that we have, uh, it's going to take, it's take, it's taking some time. It's like simmering, like a good stew or something. Um, and I think it's starting to, uh, you know, you could start smelling, you, you definitely can smell it and, you know, you could definitely taste it. I mean, and I think the garden's going to be the first time where it's going to really be like, you're going to be, holy shit, look at these guys, all these new guys. I don't think anyone's going to be, um, you know, wanting a refund because any of the aforementioned names aren't there. Yeah, and you know, of all, you know, on top of all the names you listed there, a guy who came in like just before that wave, what a juggernaut, Jeff Cobb, who's like... Become... Oh, yes. I knew I'd leave someone who's awesome out. But he's not yeah. part of Lifeblood. He came in like a, a before all of that. I know, you know? but, but I, I, I got... He, this guy is so good. Yeah. And that match that he had with Shane Taylor... That was the best Shane um, Taylor match I've ever seen. Well, that's what I was just going to get to. Yeah, that was the second mistake I made in Vegas. Yeah. Thinking that, hmm, I wonder if he's going to be able to hang with Jeff Cobb. Well, he did. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Cobb is so good. And uh, he's a good dude. Um, besides being a great talent, he's just, he's just a good guy. And I'm so happy he's, you know, he's signed to Ring of Honor. So I, I, I think that, you know, we have a really, uh, we have a great Oh, let's talk about Bandito and Roosh a little. Okay. Holy friggin' shit. That Roosh is nuts. Did you see him always kill me in the, in the Vegas show? I, yeah, he was flying right by you. Yeah. He was flying. He not only been flying by me, he took Bandito and threw him to me. Yes. Uh, he missed me by inches. Went through the table. Uh, no idea this was coming. I think I might've been uh, looking at my phone. Like don't text on the road kids. Well, don't text by ringside kids yeah. when bandito and Roosh are around. Yeah. Holy Christ. But um, yeah, these guys are amazing. And, uh, and I think the fruits, the fruits of all this will be uh, exposed for one and all to, to feast on Madison square garden. Yeah, now with that said, you know, there's two companies here, New Japan, Ring of Honor. Who do you think should main event? Should it close at the ladder match, or do you think Okada oh, and Jay White goodness. should take the honor? put me on the spot, and I didn't even mention New Japan and this whole diatribe I'm on. Sure. Um, well, I think Ring of Honor should close the show, in, in all due respect to New Japan. Um, they've been such a great partner. Um, and talk about dealing with, you know, back in my era, as you know, we did a lot of business with Noah. Yeah. And Noah was great. They were so cool and, you know, such good hosts. And there was, you know, we went to Japan twice 
in my in when under my ownership. We never could. What do you think? We're going to go there and sell tickets? You know, they they made all the arrangements for us. Yeah. And um, New Japan is uh, is so is so good, and the, the the talent is so amazing, and there there's I'm just so so happy that it's it's uh, that they're part of the uh, you know the, the G1. Uh, they're able to allow us to do the G1. How about that? Okay. And uh, these guys, I mean, but it's, it's, I don't know. I'm stumbling now. Um, no, that's fine. If I... it was, put it this way, if it was a New Japan closing the show, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. It's a huge match there. You know, Okada and Jay White. You know, Jay White is kind of like the new Ooh. centerpiece. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Jay White's like the new centerpiece of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Very cool. You know, when you look at, you know, who's on top in ROH and, and on, on New Japan right now, a lot of young talent, you know? I, I kind of like that right now. Yeah, I mean, we had a good dose of Jay White for a little while, yeah. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, he's grown. His his stock has risen uh, quite a bit. And uh, him and Okada, right? Yep. Yeah, so they put that on top. God bless it. You know, but uh, I got a feeling that that ladder match will close the show, and I have no knowledge at all. I really don't. So okay. we'll see. That's why it'll be fun to be there. All right. Last last thing I want to bring up on the card that I got to get your take on is uh, your good friend Bully Ray, who you have had. Oh some... no! <laughs> get rid of this guy already. Well, maybe you have a chance here to do. You could do it personally, Carrie, because he's. Well, got... I tried at final battle. Right. It didn't. It didn't work at final battle, and. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know who he's wrestling. He in, in Vegas, uh, in his promo, who did he call that? He said he, he made a reference that, that makes you think it might be CM Punk. Right. That's how I took it, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. So who knows? It's going to be exciting. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And 15,000 or so other people are going to be there. And we're going to have a party in New York City, my boy. Hi, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's good catching up again. Yeah, it's always good to hear you. <laughs> Especially with this uh, being momentous occasion coming up. Um, it's becoming more real for you, I bet, uh, as the days uh, get come by. Um, just If you could just uh, look back at this whole you know, experience and logistics of making this happen, just the fact that this venue was open WrestleMania weekend and the possibility that it wasn't going to happen and that it is going to happen, just... Thinking back, what your emotions have been on this roller coaster ride to making this a reality? You know, it's it's almost surreal for me, Scott. I mean, to think that uh, unless you know a little bit more than a week, um, we're going to be presenting Ring of Honor inside of what what I considered hallowed hallways and halls and arenas. You know, I spent so much of my youth, and I mean, many many years ago, in the old building and the new building, watching wrestling in in Madison Square Garden. And to think that, you know, we will be the presenting show on the Saturday night, it's just, it, it, like I said, it's uh, not to overuse the word, it's, it's a little surreal. Um, and it's a little, you know, it's excitingly scary um, because it has gone into it and there was so much involved. Interestingly enough, though, Scott, and, and maybe we spoke about this at the time, the the securing of the building uh, of of getting the you know getting the getting Madison Square Garden seems so long ago to me now, um, 
because I think it was what months and months ago when we we got the building, we sold the tickets, and um, and 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 it's so fortunate to sell out the way it did. So we're excited about that. And ever since then, it's really been planning. It's been planning for the show. It's making sure that uh, we deliver on what our fans expect, which is something that our fans have come to expect. And I think we have always under-promised and over-delivered on the show, and I think this will be no different. Um, this is, uh, you know, as I look at the lineup, as I, as I know what's going on in the background, I think this is going to be an amazing, amazing night for wrestling fans everywhere. And, you know, there's already that historical element of just being there, but you have the card now kind of finalized. Um, what are your thoughts on the card being put together? I mean, a lot of people, I don't know if they, they expected uh, uh, different names or anything, but in the main event, uh, you have Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull, and um, and then you have um, Matt, Matt, Matt Taven. Matt Taven, Matt Taven. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Matt Taven. So, you know, guys who have really put in the work in the last couple of years to make this happen, and then being able to reward them on this level um, and giving them this responsibility. I'd talk about the card and, and just what do you think of it? You know, it's really it's it, it's really a testament to our to our wrestlers, um, and one of the things that's so special about a night like this is that we are we we're giving them the opportunity to perform on 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 not necessarily the biggest crowds that they may have performed for, but certainly on the biggest wrestling stage that they could perform, and they've earned it. Um, I mean, Jay Lethal has been probably one of the greatest Ring of Honor champions. In, in the history of the promotion, I don't think anyone would dispute that. Certainly from longevity, and certain, certainly from who he's had to face and how he's faced those opponents, and losing, winning it back, and uh, you know he carries that mantle very, very seriously. And Matt Taven has been chasing this title as long as I can remember. I remember watching them in a in a cage match for the TV title in Brooklyn and at the the, the Mets uh, the Mets uh, farm team there and. You could just see that night. That actually was that afternoon because um, it was the first match. You could just see what these two men had in store for each other and how they compete. And Marty, you know, Marty has also, you know, risen through our ranks. He's an incredibly strong, gifted performer, and I think I think has beaten both of these men on different occasions in different scenarios. So they are the the likely and the right three to be fighting for that championship match. And uh, as far as the setup of the, is there Anything that we can expect presentation-wise that might be different than any other Ring of Honor show that we've seen before? You know, I, I think that it will probably be bigger because the stage is bigger, but I think that the people are coming to see the, the wrestling. Um, we will have all of the right effects and all of the right entrances, and I, I really believe, you know, I'm not seeing it, but I've seen the plans. I think they're going to be really, you know, aesthetically pleasing and fit the evening. But it's really about the wrestling, Scott, and, and, you know, I have no trepidations of what that's going to be. It's going to be the highest level of artistry, integrity, athleticism. I think every match will be just terrific. I think it'll be hard at the end of the day because each one will be trying to get to that point where they have the best match. And when you have, you know, eight or nine people competing for what the best match is, I think the level of, 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 of wrestling is just going to be off the charts. Uh, working with the uh, the folks at Madison Square Garden, do you get a sense that this might be a one-and-done type of scenario, or do you see this becoming more uh, regular in the future, maybe you guys running this building and more wrestling in this building? 
You know what? I think we're taking one one match at a time and one event at a time. Um, the people at Madison Square Garden have been nothing but totally professional. Um, they, they know how to do this. I've been to Madison Square Garden shows that aren't wrestling as well. And, uh, you know, it, 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 they, they're a fine-tuned machine from their space. And, um, you know, I'm sure that if, if they feel we could do this again, they would want us again. And I just think that the right opportunity has to exist. And uh, we'll, we'll explore all those opportunities on April. We'll start thinking about that on April 7th. Maybe the we'll 8th. Kind of, Maybe yeah. we'll rest on the 7th. Yeah, you've got you to celebrate a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what kind of long-term effects do you think this is going to have uh, with you in this building? I mean, this is kind of an eye-opening moment for a lot. Of, I'm sure a lot of fans attending this show may have not been to a Ring of Honor show. Maybe they're bringing people who have never seen a Ring of Honor show before. Um, as far as visibility for you and um, just the morale of the locker room and just taking another step forward, do you kind of see this as a catalyst to kind of running more prominent buildings? I think we've been upgrading our buildings throughout. I mean, this was an opportunity because this is where the big event was um, for us to take advantage of a building this size and a building of this magnitude. You know, at, at the end of the day, our guys are going to be stoked. It's going to be just a tremendous morale builder, as you say, as it should be. Um, again, I, I, I don't want to be trite with the words hallowed halls, but it is just that. But, you know, as soon as that match is over, we have to set our sights on Pittsburgh and Columbus the next week. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I think the guys know that. I think they're going to revel. We're gonna, they're going to relish. They're going to have this memory forever. But, you know, it's back to business on Monday, and that's how we look at it. Mm-hmm. And as far as the future holds, um, you have the dojo now kind of bringing new talent in, which is a great great kind of uh, tool I think you guys are using recruiting new talent. Um, what do you think, um, you know, the landscape of pro wrestling has changed so much even in the past year. Uh, you have all the wrestling coming together. A lot of names left the or- your organization to kind of form this um, from the ground up. Um, I'm sure you guys have still a great working relationship with those guys as well. Um, but as far as when it comes to keeping talent, recruiting talent, um, just talk about the challenges right now. Um, and kind of an, almost an exciting time of, of becoming a place to be for Ring of Honor as well. Yeah, I think this is a fabulous time for wrestlers, and it's a fabulous time for fans. Um, I think the level of competition and the level of athletes never been higher. Um, you know, AEW certainly is uh, new on the scene, and, uh, you know, I, we like to take some credit for at least some of the genesis of all this. I think that... Uh, you know, Cody and the Young Bucks have been were terrific when they worked here, and they're going to be terrific in that because they're terrific, they're terrific guys and smart guys, as as that whole organization seems to be set up to be. Um, but you know what, Scott? I remember when we came on seven years ago, and another promotion came in, and another promotion came in. You know, wrestling is unique in that, and we'll always be faced with competitive situations, and. You just have to stay your course. I mean, the one thing that I'm proud of Ring of Honor and the way we operate is we're really focused on our product. And, you know, what other people do is good for their business, but it's not necessarily something I can be control of or have any impact on, no pun intended. So I think we just stay on what we do, and we hope we provide the environment and the experience for the fans that keeps them coming. Um, We've lost lots of talent. We, I'm speaking for Ring of Honor, not necessarily for me. But over the years, and we can go through it, all you have to do is go Saturday, uh, Sunday night out to MetLife, and you're going to see a lot of stars from, from Ring of Honor. And yet this has been one of our biggest, you know, biggest 18 months ever in the history of the company. 
Yeah, I think one of the great things about Ring of Honor as a company is, uh, you know, you've always stayed the course and taken steps forward. I mean, they may have not been the best, uh, the biggest, not best, but the biggest steps, but they have been steps forward, and I think that has been a great business model. Um, do you kind of see that kind of being the, the course moving forward as well, or are we going to see bigger steps? I think we take measured steps, um, and, and I think that's rather than smaller steps or bigger steps or, you know, two steps, three steps. I think we take measured steps. I think we, we do what's right for the business. We do what's right for the business model, and if we have to, to stretch our step a little bit, we can. If we need to just step back a little bit, we can. I think we follow our plan, and the plan has been good so far, and hopefully it's, it's set up for a sustainable future. Mm-hmm. And every year, uh, you know, Supercard of Honor runs around WrestleMania time in the same kind of vicinity of that. Um, there was talk that WWE was kind of making it difficult for a lot of promotions to run uh, events next year in Tampa. I know Florida is a big, you know, place for you, a lot of history with you there. Um, just talk about, I mean, have you guys experienced that at all? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you know, you're already concentrating on next year and kind of thinking early on where you might go, but have you felt any of that? We have not. As a matter of fact, not at all. Um, okay. You know, you know, you know. There's different sizes of promotions. We're we're fairly, you know. I think from a promotion size in the industry, I, we're pretty formidable. I mean, we're 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 a touring company. We have television. We have a solid support from our our corporate ownership. Um, you know, we 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 don't we we can play bigger buildings if we need to be, as evidenced by the Madison Square Garden booking um and we do have relationships we as you said scott so aptly that we play a lot of buildings in florida so we have relationships with those buildings and i would expect that one night only for somebody else is going to interfere in those relationships i i don't think that's the way the business should run and i don't think anyone wants to run the business that way um you know nobody's going to compete with 80,000 seats um, so you know that that's just not happening and you know they 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 do a good job and you know, they've earned this right to have this position. And, uh, you know, I hope if I'm talking to you 25 years from now, you probably won't be talking to me, but you'll be talking to someone else. You know, you might see a, a whole different, you know, we might, we might be in the stadiums. But, you know, next year is next year. Let's, we, we need to get, like I said, we have a show next Saturday. We have a show Sunday in Baltimore, show next Saturday in New York, and then in Pittsburgh and Columbus the week after. Um, WrestleMania, whatever number that will be, WrestleMania weekend 2020, will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned shows coming up. Uh, there was big news about Jay Lethal defending the championship in Israel. Um, a lot of controversy with David Starr and him releasing his promo that uh, wasn't being aired on television, Ring of Honor television. I just wanted to kind of give you a platform to kind of explain your the motivations behind that and just your thoughts on him going above and, and still showing that promo and seeing the buzz that it's created. Well, I think the buzz has kind of died down. I, I think, you know, I think that what happened was is that it was picked up and David Starr ran a promo. Um, you know, I, I really believe that the politics has no place. Um, you know, we continue to be a place where all athletes are welcome. We're not a political organization. Our sole focus and mission is to bring Ring of Honor fans a world-class product. I think by, you know, agreeing to let Jay wrestle in Israel is just part of that mission to bring Ring of Honor, world-class product. But, you know, it, it, there's no politics in this. This is, this is professional wrestling. And um, like I said, I, 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 believe, I believe it's died down. It, it got a little bit more press than I think it needed. 
but you know the promoter makes all those calls. I don't. I don't make those calls. We're 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 lending Jay out. We agreed to give him, you know, the belt because the, the promoter said, "Wow, you know, this would be fantastic," and you know that's what happened. It, it was nothing more than that. Um, you know, I, I I think I think if there's anything to be said, Scott, and I really between you and I, I don't really want this pushed because it's almost tied down. But I, I'm certainly not suggesting anything. You know. Sinclair has been nothing short of exceptional in helping this company reach the global reach that we have. They are fantastic, you know, as, as a parent company. And, you know, without them, we wouldn't be having these conversations. This, this would not even be a conversation. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting it also together in, in true partnership spirit that this is our great work being rewarded by a great company that, that supports it. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, they see this as Madison Square Garden, you guys selling out. Um, does it want them more to kind of see their momentum going to build more as far as giving you guys more television visibility? Um, has there been any talks about moving forward with that? We're always looking to expand our, 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 our reach from a television standpoint. We're a television company. Um, you know, obviously, we're an omni-screen company. We present our product on different various platforms, whether they be digital or over the air, soon to be in technical areas that, you know, that that really people aren't even aware of. Um, yeah, of course, that's what we want. Um, you know, Madison Square Garden was just a validation of of what we did and what you know and, and what we've achieved, and and they're certainly proud of that as we all are. Um, but you know, our business continues after that day, and that's that's what we're working on. This is this is not to minimize it because this is the most exciting probably night in my wrestling life prior prior and probably future, but you know, it's, 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 it's another show in, in our year of shows. Um, it just happens to have this magnitude and, uh, I don't want to take anything away from it or, or diminish its worth. It's worth a ton, Scott. Mm-hmm. But like I said, on April 8th, we're still in business and have to run a company. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, you know, you just guys celebrated another anniversary. Um, that's, that's always a great time to kind of look back reflection. Um, with your role uh, within the company, what are some of the most, th- I'm excited, Madison Carter, some of the things that you're most proud of? And just before it's all said and done, what is your ultimate goal that you want to leave your mark on this company before you, you know, when it is time to, to retire or move on? Well, you know, uh, what, what amazed me is, I don't know if you watched the 17th anniversary show, but I thought that was one of the best shows we've ever done. Um it's just, and, and that's what is amazing to me, and this is what I love so much about Ring of Honor. I can go see every show, and I'll walk out of there and go, God, that was unbelievable. And to be able to do that 40 times a year for the last seven years is just, just shows what this company is all about, the heart and soul of who we are and what we represent, the heart and soul of all the people who work so hard behind the scenes the heart and soul of the of of the wrestlers and the, the creative staff and the people that are coming up through the dojo, you know, it's not my mark, it's our mark, and uh, I I couldn't ask for anything more at this point. Um, I think what we've achieved in in a short period of time, again, certainly having distribution and having the wherewithal to have, you know, licensing agreements and to have pay per view events certainly doesn't help. But we couldn't do that if the product wasn't up to that point. And we continually working on the product, creatively, production-wise. And I won't be satisfied until we are spoken in that vein, like, oh, my God, that's the best production. 
that's the greatest creative. Never going to happen because we know the business. That it just it's it's not allowed because there's always got to be someone who just doesn't think of that or not. But as long as I feel we're striving to that, then I I, I feel that we're doing our job, and that's my mark. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially a busy time like this, and congratulations on everything that the company has been able to accomplish. I look, definitely looking forward there? to being there firsthand. Yeah, You'll be there, Scott? Okay, perfect. Yeah, I made I made it a, a big point to, to be there when I heard the announcement, because actually I've never actually been at a wrestling show at Madison Square Garden. So oh, then this is a treat. One. Yeah, that's going to be a special night. Good. Then I will see you there next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Have All a good right. day. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news. Thank you to Carrie and Joe. So great hearing from both of you on the show here today. Thank you for Scott Fishman for, for catching Joe Coff there to get him on the get him back on the Winkley. I want to remind everybody, as part of Ring of Honor's Festival of Honor, I will be there. I'm going to be uh, participating. I'll be doing commentary alongside Matt Taven for his Arm Wrestle Kingdom. It's 2.30 p.m. Uh, this Friday at the Hulu Theater attached to Madison Square Garden. Uh, World Arm Wrestling League Super Heavyweight Champion Michael Todd will be in attendance. This dude is jacked. Uh, this should be a great time, and uh, I hope you guys can all make it out. Uh, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all your coverage of Mania, G1, TakeOver, Bloodsport, Janela Spring Break, United We Stand, MLW, and so much more. It's going to be a packed week on the site. Uh, just in general, stay tuned to us for all your WrestleMania week coverage. And subscribe to Wrestling, uh, Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Give us a nice five-star rating. Leave us a nice review. He's at the Real Weissman over on Twitter. I am at Wink Rebel. Give me a follow. Thank you very much for tuning in. we got a big week ahead of us. Uh, lots more interviews tomorrow. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>